You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live... In a world, <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni, you're putting powder. No, 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 mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 craft no, no, no. dinner. No, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have? KD, they will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless, limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 inside credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 inside credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds on promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. 
Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. This is is the the Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by by the the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The best place as always to get the most up-to-date news, topics, and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I'm sure you've noticed right from the for, you know, right from when this episode started that my tone of voice is not necessarily in a good mood. And you guys know that a lot of the time I do try to be optimistic, to be positive, you know, to, and bring energy, you know, to the podcast, because that's something that I'm very proud of. And you also know that there have been plenty of times this season, this past season, where the whole podcast episode was not positive at all, just constantly moaning and groaning about things that were going on in certain games and the way the season was going. And also just in general, how frustrated I am as a fan of this team with the way that they've been performing, not just this past year, but the past couple of years. Um, and it continues today because I'm recording this on Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. So this is the first July episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And this morning, we got some news uh, from the Devils themselves. I actually first saw it on Devils Fan Page Central um, or DevilsCentral.nj on Instagram. And I was taken aback by it when I first saw the news that the New Jersey Devils CEO, Scott O'Neill, has decided to resign as the CEO of the Devils as well as the Philadelphia 76ers effective immediately. Um, And that really was kind of a, it was clearly a big news. It was clearly big news from the standpoint of just saying, wow, now we don't have a CEO. What, What exactly is going on here? And I wanted to evaluate this and I wanted to kind of, talk about it with you guys because I think it's important and it kind of goes off of some of the things that I've said in the past, particularly about the ownership 
that is David Blitzer and Joshua Harris. So let's start from the beginning. The, the first thing I want to mention is that uh, Scott O'Neill did say that he plans on staying with HBSE, um, obviously the, the company he works for, until they find his successor um, and they hire a new CEO. And we don't really know when that's going to be. Um, so that's something that we do have to see what happens moving forward. Um, like I said, it comes as somewhat of a shock because the biggest thing to me was that earlier this week, we saw that Scott O'Neill was on an episode of Speak of the Devil, the New Jersey Devils official podcast um, that, they, that they host. And they had him on and he gave Tom Fitzgerald the green light to spend money as much as he needs to, to make this team good, to get the team where he wants them to be, which is ultimately being a, a playoff and Stanley Cup contender. And I remember when I heard that, it, it made me feel a little bit, you know, optimistic and saying, okay, at least now somebody of higher importance is starting to say, yes, we do need to spend money. Because as we all know, the last seven, eight years, the team has constantly had one of the most amount of money in cap space of any team in the NHL per year. We're constantly with a crap load of money and we don't spend it for whatever reason that might be. And you could throw out so many different ideas as to why exactly that might be the case. Um, but I have my own theories about that. And I've talked about it before, and I'll talk about it again here today because I want to reiterate this so that you guys are able to understand, you know, from my opinion, why these things are happening the way that they are. But yeah, hearing Scott O'Neill say that it was a really important thing because it was like, okay. Now it seems like the organization, the ownership is really serious about actually becoming a legitimate, you know, team instead of being one of the laughing stocks of the league the last six, seven years. And they certainly have been. And I know that some people might think that's somewhat of an overreaction when you look at some other teams that have really struggled over that period of time. But I think when you look at the devils and you look at everything that comes with it, it's under and, and everything that has gone on. It's understandable why the Devils are considered one of the laughing stocks of the National Hockey League. Now, I remember when I saw this um, this come out, and I kind of I wanted to see what would happen um, with Devils Nation, you know, on social media, because you know, as you guys know, us Devils fans, we're not afraid to speak our mind. You know, we're going to say how we feel. We're going to say exactly how we feel. And I was really interested to know how Devils fans really felt when they got this news. And some people I saw were very much like, thank God he's gone. Let's move on. You know, now let's get Josh, Joshua Harris to sell the team and let's move on. And then there were some other people that said, well, what does this mean for the future of this team? And I think both of these points are very valid with probably me leaning a little bit more towards the where do we go from here scenario. And I think that that's the biggest thing I wanted to talk about because here's the thing. The Devils organization has really been, to put it bluntly, a disaster since 2013 when Joshua Harris and David Blitzer bought the New Jersey Devils. Um, I still remember when they bought the team, they constantly, as most owners try to do, they BS their way to saying that we are going to try to bring the devils back to glory, blah, blah, blah. And 
since that point, the Devils have made the playoffs once and have won one playoff game. And that's a damning thing to see. It really, really is. Um, and again, it really shows you just where ownership's priorities are. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. And as much as we don't want that to be the case, it's reality. It's exactly what we're dealing with. And I think that that's what you have to understand. And this goes with all sports. Whenever you, whatever fan, whatever team you're a fan of, and you see the team make decisions that you know clearly don't make any sense and are not going to help the team on the on ice or on the field, um, you know, product, that's when you have to start realizing that it may be because ownership is not necessarily interested in being competitive on the field. Look at the Buffalo Sabres as an example. The Buffalo Sabres have gone over a decade without making the playoffs. Why is that? Considering the fact that they've also had a good amount of talent. Well, the ownership, the Pagulas, really, A, don't know what they're doing, and B, are not really that interested in being competitive. And I know that some people might not agree with me because they might say, well, they say in public all the time they want to win. Well, that's just BS. Owners like to BS all the time. At the end of the day, to these people, it's just business. They're just a chip, you know, in their whole, you know, trying to make as much money as possible. And I talked about it before when you look at Joshua Harris and David Blitzer. This is the same ownership group that owns the Philadelphia 76ers. And this is the same ownership group that was one of the finalists to possibly purchase the New York Mets. So it clearly shows where their interest lies. Joshua Harris and David Blitzer, and I don't know them personally, but from my evaluation, care a lot more about building the brand of HBSE than they really do about the product. Now, you can look at the Philadelphia 76ers and say, well, Neil, they have Ben Simmons, which, I mean, I don't think many Sixers fans are thrilled to have Ben Simmons at the moment. And they also have Joel Embiid, and they have Doc Rivers, and they've been a competitive team that has made the playoffs, and, you know, they've been able to get through it. And then, you know, how come ownership is not doing that with the Devils? Well, again, it's very simple. The Devils, to me, are the tertiary um, interest of this ownership group. HBSE will always be the number one priority of this ownership group. Then it's the Philadelphia 76ers. Then it's the New Jersey Devils. And there's a pretty decent gap between the Sixers and the Devils. The ownership group decided to buy the Devils mainly because, again, like I said, they wanted to build their brand. That's the biggest thing here. And so when you see us constantly having one of, if not the most cap space of any team in the NHL, and we're constantly not spending it. And even if we, when we spend it, we're spending it on bottom tier veteran wingers or AHL guys that are not going to make it to the NHL anytime soon. You know, it, that's, that's pretty much a result of what the ownership group wants to do. Now, here's something else that you should know. Tom Fitzgerald was given a one-year contract, more or less, as the assistant general man, as the assistant general manager of the Devils, and then obviously it worked in with him being the interim general manager. The ownership group gave Tom Fitzgerald a one-year contract to be the GM of the team, and I don't think a lot of people actually knew that. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that at first. I knew that they had officially made him the GM. I didn't know it was on a one-year trial. 
basically what Joshua Harris and David Blitzer wanted to do was they wanted to see how Tom Fitzgerald would do in a full year as the GM of the team. They wanted to see, you know, what, you know, what type of coach would he bring in, what type of culture he would try to set, um, what moves he might make at the deadline to try to, you know, get more prospects, get more assets moving forward and trying to just showcase the vision that Tom Fitzgerald has. And from what I've heard, it seems like Joshua Harris and David Blitzer are pretty satisfied with what Tom Fitzgerald did this past year. It is June 30th, okay? The next season of the NHL starts in about a week and a half, nearly two weeks from now, especially once the NA, the Stanley Cup Finals is over. And even now, at the time of this recording, Tom Fitzgerald still has not been renewed as the GM of this team. He doesn't have a contract. So think about it this way. He is literally running the team as the GM of this team without a contract. In a really funny way, it's almost like he's doing it for free. Now, this might seem like an overreaction from me. You, you people might say to me, well, Neil, I think you need to relax. I think that you don't, you know, I, I think that you don't understand some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's something, maybe they've already worked out a deal and they're trying to just get particulars out. There's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, look, here's the thing. If that ends up being the case, great. But when you notice that the GM of the team still doesn't have a contract and it never dawned on the organization at any point to give Tom Fitzgerald the contract that he wants, it doesn't make sense. Now, could there be a slight, very slight possibility that Tom Fitzgerald may not want to be in New Jersey? Yes, but it is highly, highly unlikely because this is the first time he's ever had the opportunity to be a general manager. He wants to be a general manager. And really, there was not another team in the NHL that's looking for a GM at the moment. So I don't know exactly why that would be. So clearly, it's not Tom Fitzgerald's you know, problem for why this hasn't gotten done. Joshua Harris and David Blitzer have been an absolute mess since they got to New Jersey. They've been an absolute mess from a hockey standpoint. As far as the business standpoint, as Scott O'Neill so kindly pointed to us, the HBSE group has become a two over $2 billion industry. A over $2 billion industry. They have continued to make money hand over fist despite the Devils being at the bottom of the NHL year in and year out. Now, I have spoken to my good friend and good source, Jersey Joe. We actually had a conversation earlier this morning about Scott O'Neill um, leaving the New Jersey Devils. One of the things that Joe mentioned to me was that a lot of season ticket holders have clearly expressed their frustration with the fact that the team continues to be a walking piece of garbage and that they want changes. And they're very ticked off with everybody involved. Because it's like at this point, we are approaching nearly a decade since the last time we even made it to the second round, let alone win more than one game in the playoffs. And that to me, that's just that just shows where exactly the ownership group wants to be. What I found ridiculous was when Joshua Harris spoke to the media the same night that Ray Shiro had been fired by the Devils as GM and they had named. Um, Tom Fitzgerald, the, the interim general manager. When the media asked Harris why exactly they did this, he said because they expected to win. They expected to be a lot better. 
Here's the thing, Joshua. You have to understand this. In order to become a really good team, you can't just rely on young players on their rookie deals. You do have to, at some point, spend a pretty penny to get talent that gets you over the hump. There was not a single team in NHL history that has been able to have a successful you know, run and maybe even win a championship or two while all, if not at least three quarters of your team is all rookies. The New Jersey Devils, as I mentioned before, had 11 different players playing in their first NHL season this year. It was baptism by fire. There were plenty of times where the Devils were just outplayed because of experience. And you saw that right after the deadline when we began the 10-game losing streak and when we got to the lowest point, in my opinion, of being a Devils fan, losing four consecutive games in a row to the hated New York Rangers. That should have been the sign to say, you know what? It's time to stop screwing around. It's time to actually start winning. The New Jersey Devils have over $30 million in cap space and at this moment right now are $17 million under the cap floor. Under the cap floor. Do you understand how ridiculous that is? And this is why I also said that the chances of P.K. Subban probably being protected is pretty high because here's the thing. If by some chance P.K. Subban is left unprotected and is picked up by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft, you know where that leaves the Devils after that? $26 million under the salary cap, under the salary cap floor. There is no way the Devils could possibly get to $26 million in an offseason. I, ju- I just can't see it. I cannot see it. They could sign Dougie Hamilton and Gabriel Landeskog both to 10-year, $10 million contracts, and they would still be under the cap floor. So when it comes to P.K. Subban, really quick, guys, I just don't see him being uh, left unprotected because they're trying they're trying to at least get to the cap floor. And great, Subban has not been good since he got to New Jersey, but it's only one more year of his contract. We'll go from there. That's all we can do. Oh, and also, he's one of the only few veterans that we have because, once again, we traded all of our veterans away at the deadline. But this brings me back once again to the ownership group. And I want to share you guys something um, that you guys are going to find damning if you haven't really listened. This is the HBSE's um, resume with the Devils since 2013 when they bought the team they've been this is upcoming will be the ninth year since they uh bought the team they have had one playoff win one playoff appearance a record of 255 and 362 which is a 0.420 win percentage well below 500 six head coaches including interim head coaches and limited cap space in every off season i don't Understand how you could go this many years with doing the same shit over and over and over again, expecting results. The only answer I could give you guys is that ownership does not care about this team winning. The interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. 
This is something that I've talked about so many times, but it's so true. If ownership does not care about winning, you are not going to see a winning product. It's There's nothing wrong with being lucky, but it doesn't happen often. Look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, for an example, in Major League Baseball. The Pirates, for a majority of the last 30 years, have been a laughing stock, have constantly, whenever they had a good player, just before they were about to, they had to pay them, they traded them off. And it's not like they got like great players for them. They traded them for pennies on the dollar because Bob Nutting does not care about winning. If he did, he would have done something about it by now, but he didn't. And so this is the result that you get. Okay. Same thing with the Buffalo Sabres. Same thing with teams that you see in every sport, in every single sport. You have to understand that when people who are in charge of the money, the owners, they do not want to spend that money because obviously more money means more power, which means more everything else that makes you very selfish. That's just calling it like it is. And you could look at someone like a Mark Cuban and say, well, I mean, he spends money and they've been winning. Yes. Because you know what? There is a formula for spending money and also winning. The best example, the late George Steinbrenner. When George Steinbrenner bought the New York Yankees, he constantly spent a lot of money. But you know what? He also made a lot of money. He did both of those things. Yeah, he was a businessman, but he was also a sports fan. He was a huge Yankee fan. And he spent Millions upon millions of dollars on people like Reggie Jackson, Catfish Hunter, you know, other guys like that. He spent a crap load of money. Alex Rodriguez, he ended up paying Derek Jeter at some point. He spent so much money on talent and it didn't always work. Look at the 80s, for example. They went the whole decade and they really struggled. After 81, losing in the World Series, nothing until 1994. Uh, 95, nothing, nothing at all, but he still made money hand over fist. And you know what? He won multiple championships and created one of the best dynasties in the history of sports in the late nineties, early two thousands, and still made a shitload of money. So guess what? For anybody out there that says you can't do both. Yeah, you can. You just have to be smart about it. You just have to be smart about it. But most owners they are not interested in winning because they know with winning comes you having to spend money. You ever wonder why the Jets normally, the New York Jets barely ever spend money? Because Woody Johnson does not care about winning. He cares about the team being on the front and back page of every newspaper in New York, regardless of whether it's good or bad news. Regardless of it. If Woody Johnson wanted to win, he would have done anything he could to acquire someone like Julio Jones to make this team better. He would have. He would have absolutely done that. So this, again, brings me back to just my whole point about this, that the interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. And what really irritated me today was the stupid comments from Scott O'Neill, Joshua Harris, and David Blitzer about the tenure that Scott O'Neill has had as CEO of the Devils, talking about eight phenomenal years. Here's the thing. 
When they say that, what they mean is from a financial standpoint, it's been eight phenomenal years. They've made a shitload of money and the brand has gotten bigger. But in terms of on-ice performance, they do not give a flying you-know-what. They don't. They haven't. If they did, we wouldn't be in this position right now. Now, would we? Now, you look at this offseason and say, well, we have the second most cap space in the NHL. A lot of our guys are young players still on rookie contracts, and we still have to spend money anyway to get to the cap floor. There's nothing saying that we can't go out and improve this team immensely. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And you have to understand this. When the Devils choose not to spend money, please do not put blame on Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald is not a business person. He is a hockey person. He is here to do one thing and one thing only, to make the best team that the ownership group will allow him to make. If the ownership group says to him, Tom, you have full range to spend as much money as you need, then great. But if Tom Fitzgerald is told, hey, uh, we only want you to get to the cap floor and then that's it. There isn't much Tom Fitzgerald could do. Then he has to get creative with how he does things. So that's that because guess what? Josh Wears, David Blitzer, that's Tom Fitzgerald's bosses. So again, this brings me back to just saying the New Jersey Devils ownership has been a disaster and embarrassing over the last eight years. We are approaching nearly a decade of having Joshua Harris and David Blitzer owning this team. And they have done very little to absolutely nothing to show that they care. Because if they cared, we would be more successful. And I want to bring up another thing. If you remember about a year ago, John Shaka, the former general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, left the Coyotes. And the report came out that, well, it was a rumor, basically, that the reason that he left was because he wanted to work for Harrison Blitzer. And that was kind of a crazy thing. And I thought the Devils were going to get in trouble for that, which would have been an, an embarrassing situation itself. Um, his suspension from the, by the NHL lasts until December 31st. Some people have already speculated that that's going to end up being the next CEO of this team. Well, could you hire him as a CEO when he still has about six months, almost exactly six months until his suspension is over? I don't think you can. I don't know who the next CEO of this team is. What I would love is that if it's a CEO with a hockey mind, somebody who's experienced in the game and could certainly help us. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I don't know if you want to call this whole segment here a rant. Um, and I have some other things I wanted to talk about. Um, and I may decide to do it. I may decide not to because I'm, I'm pushing nearly a half hour here. But I'm just, I'm really trying to speak to you guys as just a fan. I'm trying to remove myself as the podcast host. And I'm just, it's almost like I'm just sitting here and all the Devils fans are watching me and they're all asking me questions. And I'm just trying to sit here and be as real with you as possible. If there's anybody that's, at, that's incredibly pissed off, it's me. Because I've been a Devils fan my whole life. I've been given this incredible opportunity by the Hockey Pod Network, by Amaze, by you know everybody involved. 
to talk about the team that I love and they really enjoy my passion and they love the fact that I constantly am doing everything I can to promote this podcast and the network. And I, I've really enjoyed interacting with all of you guys throughout the last year. And this will be the second full season I've done of the Devil State of Mind podcast. And we've had some great guests on. We've had some great moments. Don't get me wrong. We've had some great episodes. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan talking about this team. And I don't try to BS you. I don't want to be one of those podcasts where it's like a team-based podcast where everything has to be optimistic this, optimistic that. No, I'm just going to be as real as I can with all of you because that's what you want to hear at the end of the day. You don't want to hear the same old stuff over and over again. You want me to be as honest with you about, about this team as anybody could be. And I can tell you right now, we are still a pretty big embarrassment in the NHL. A lot of teams are laughing at us. A lot of teams are looking at us and saying, geez, thank God we're not the devils, right? I've had people say to me, oh, you, you guys suck. You guys are going to end up moving to Quebec in the next couple of years. You're a poverty franchise. And look, at the end of the day, it is just sports. It's not the end of the world. But I will say this. You know, again, New Jersey has always been a state that has been made fun of armpit of America. Oh, do you know Snooky from the Jersey Shore? It's all that, it's all that happy horse shit that you hear all the time. And all of, a lot of you who are listening can relate to this 100%. Um, it's, it's something that when you look at the devils and whenever they have success, you take a lot of pride in because they're, they're literally the only professional sports team in New Jersey with the state's name in it. Like I said, the Giants and Jets, New York Giants, New York Jets, New York Red Bulls, you know, it's, we don't have another big professional sports team. We did, we had the New Jersey Nets, but they moved to Brooklyn. So I'm not saying that the Devils are going to move. I don't think that's going to be the case, but if they ever move, I, I mean, I would, would I stop watching hockey? I wouldn't necessarily stop. I would probably just be less interested in it because, you know, this, this team is, means a lot to me. I've, you know, invested a lot of time, effort, especially with this podcast, talking about this team. I feel like I've gotten even closer with the organization um, and the team and the fan base as well since I did this podcast. And again, I am so grateful and I'm not going to stop anytime soon. I will tell you that right now. Um, but seeing stuff like this where the CEO of the team just decides out of nowhere to step down after making comments like, I give Tom Fitzgerald the green light to spend money. What the hell is going on? Like what, explain to me what the actual fuck is going on. I don't get it because none of the stuff that this ownership group has done has made any sense. It made sense for a little bit when they first bought the team and they were trying to go a different way than what we had been accustomed to seeing and we're going through a legit rebuild. But what other team in the NHL has, has had to rebuild a rebuild, has had to go through a rebuild, have constantly get your hopes up, and then now we're into another one. Like, what exactly are we doing here? I don't get that. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I don't blame Tom Fitzgerald because it's not his fault. I don't blame the coaching staff. I don't blame the players. Because at the end of the day, all they want to focus on is just being a good hockey team. Because this is their dream to be in the NHL. 
And unfortunately, they're stuck with an organization that cares way more about the bottom line and making as much money as possible than actually trying to win. This is a very important offseason for the New Jersey Devils. We have spent the last handful of weeks since the season ended back on May 10th. We've spent a long time talking about you know, potential free agents we could go after, potential trade targets, which we will eventually get back to that list. Don't worry. Um, and we're, we even have a rumor today that maybe could be something. Who knows? But at the end of the day, the ownership group makes the decision as to whether or not they want to spend this money. If they don't want to spend the money, this is the result you're going to get. And all we can hope for is that whatever players we have on the team at that time play really well. That's pretty much it. The Tampa Bay Lightning are three wins away from winning back-to-back Stanley Cups with more or less an illegal roster considering the cap situation, but we're not going to get into that. You don't think the Devils fans like us wouldn't love to have the talent that, that Tampa has and to be that good? We would. We would. And I know some of you were you know, conscious the last time the Devils won the Cup. I wasn't. Yeah, I've been alive for two of the three, but I don't, I have no memory of it. So in a way, I'm I'm treating this like I've never seen like this team has never won a Stanley Cup. This team was two wins away from winning a cup in 2012. And I and I thought the best was yet to come. I thought we'll be fine. We'll be back next year. We didn't make the playoffs the next year and for the next several years. We didn't even get close. And the greatest general manager possibly in the history of sports leaves us helps build Toronto into what it is today, helps build the Islanders into what it is today, and we're a laughingstock. With, se- with several GMs, several coaches, and a team that is still not really that close to being where it wants to be. Tom Fitzgerald says he wants this team to have meaningful games in April and maybe even May if we get to the playoffs. But we're not going to do that if we're just going to stick with the roster that we have now. We have to upgrade. In big time ways, I've talked about it. Impact players, we need them. We need them 100%. If we don't do that, we are going to fail. We are not going to get any better. And that's the problem. So to recap this entire thing, I like I said, I'm just really pissed off that this type of stuff happens because look, I'm going to kind of recap the other two things I wanted to talk about really quick because I, I, I'm so frustrated with how, what, what happened this morning that the other two things, while they're, one of them's positive, one of them could be a possibility, it, it kind of tr- it, it, it trumps in comparison to, to this news. You know, we had the NHL awards the previous night, and you know, we got some good news. You know, Ty Smith finished in seventh place in the Calder Trophy voting, and Yegor Sharangovich came in 10th. That's great that they both finished in the top 10. It clearly shows that they really performed well in the rookie years. Ty Smith was also named to the NHL all-rookie team. He's our franchise defenseman. This was great news. This is great news for a young player in his first year. And it wasn't even 82 games. It was phenomenal. And then we're hearing about the potential of Vladimir Tarasenko being traded. And we talked about the possibility maybe the Devils are one of the teams that he might be interested in coming to. $7.5 million over the next two years, that's easy. 
The Devils could easily afford that. And they don't even have to give up that much to get him. And yes, he's injury prone, but if he stays healthy, he's a bona fide top six winger. That would help the Devils. He would be an impact scorer for at least Hughes or his year. But all this comes back to, we come back to the CEO of this team, Scott O'Neill, deciding to step down as CEO of the team. Where without a CEO, ownership is just spitting bullshit about, oh, what a great eight years it was. What you should have said instead was, it was a great eight years financially for us. That, I mean, that's all you could have said there. That's all you could have said. And it's, it, it just drives me nuts that there are people that just constantly, constantly invent, you know, constantly believe the garbage that this ownership group has said. And look, it's not a lot of you. Please understand that a lot of you Devils fans, a lot of the ones I've interacted with, you guys are on the same boat as I am. We're all pissed off. But there are some that are just constantly optimistic, regardless of, you know, everything else. And what I don't get is that you constantly tweet at like the Devils and even Amanda Stein, like they have any control over what's going on. At the end of the day, they're just like us. We don't have any control. We're just fans of the team. We All we can do is sit there, watch the team, and hope that we become good. And we have a lot of really good talent in our system that, it's, that over the next two years is going to be in the NHL. But we also do have to make adjustments. We have to bring in NHL veteran players. We have to bring in some impact players. We can't just assume that every player we have in our system is going to end up being studs. That's not going to be the case. You have to bring in some other guys. You have to. You have to spend money. So to recap this whole thing, all I can say to this, Scott O'Neill, as far as a financial standpoint, job well done. Job well done. You did exactly what you were brought here to do. From a hockey standpoint, I don't really give a shit. I really don't. You're gone, so what? I mean, are we any better with you not being here? No. And you sucked from a hockey standpoint because guess what? Your bosses chose to not spend money. And then you had to tell Tuffet Joe, don't spend money. And this is what we get. And this is what, and Devils fans have been constantly asking for you, for Joshua Harris and David Blitzer to leave, sell the team, and just move away. But obviously, you don't have to do that. You chose to leave. Um, I don't know why you made the comments you made about Tom Fitzgerald being allowed to spend money when, if you knew ahead of time that you weren't going to be here, I don't know why you would make those comments. I don't know why you made those comments at all. If you weren't going to stay around for it. I don't know. And once again, to Joshua Harris and David Blitzer. I don't know what to say to you guys. I don't. I, I don't know what you want me to say anymore. I, I, I'm speaking to you as just a fan that is tired of seeing this team suck ass. I want this team to be good. I don't want to see the Devils play the Rangers four games in a row again and lose all four. 
I don't want to see that. I don't want to see them finish in the top five fewest points in the league again. I'm so goddamn tired. I don't even really care who we draft. I told you guys this. I could care less what happens in the draft because I am so tired of finishing at the bottom of the NHL. I'm tired by the time we hit freaking November, we're already talking about who we're going to take in next year's draft because the season has already gone to shit. I'm so fucking tired of it. And honestly, honestly and truly, honestly and truly, I'm not going to sit here and tell Joshua Harris they Blitz to sell the team because that's not going to do anything. They don't have to. They can do whatever they want. They own the team. I'm not going to ask the NHL to step in. What the hell is that going to do? At the end of the day, they have control over everything. They can do whatever the hell they want. And there isn't a damn thing I can do about it. You could do about it. Anybody could do about it. So that's pretty much it. I was going to talk about, you know, I, I had a script prior to this that, you know, we were going to talk about, we were going to talk about the NHL awards and everything. I just find all of this stuff pointless now after hearing this news today. I, I feel like this type of episode needed to happen. And I've done several rant episodes before during the season. You guys have listened to them. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And look, I'm still going to cheer on this team. I'm still going to cover this team. I love this team. I love the New Jersey Devils. And all I ask for is just for this team to not be a goddamn laughingstock anymore. So if they're serious about spending money, put your money where your mouth is. Go after it. Whether it's free agency or trades, just let Fitzgerald do what he needs to do. Money be damned. If you really want to do it this way, if you want to win, let Tom Fitzgerald do what he needs to do. If you don't want to win, then just keep doing what you've been doing. That's the two options you have. That's two options. And that's all I got to say. So, yeah, Scott O'Neill will no longer be the CEO of the New Jersey Devils. He will stay on until they decide to help out with the search. And we'll go from there. So, we'll see what happens. But... This sucks ass. It really does. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts. You know, where, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net.
If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day. You know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!